Good morning, everyone. How are we? Come on. The sun is out. I feel like you've been here the last few weeks. The weather's been kind of funny. I've been dressing in faith the last month. I've been wearing shorts anyway. I know I'm believing the sun's going to come out, and it's here. It is here, and so we're excited. But uh, yeah, like Pastor Matt said, we're going to be closing out our Here Now series, and so uh, it's been a fun series. Uh, it's been great to walk through different aspects, different parts of the Bible, and just a good reminder for us that Jesus is here with us in our here and now. And when we kicked this thing off about eight, nine weeks ago, uh, it was really kicked off out of Matthew 28, right? This is where we have the Great Commission. And Jesus says, uh, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all the things I've commanded you. And then we hung on to this part and this phrase right here. And it says, uh, he says, and surely this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so uh, that's where we've been. That's where we're hanging out. And so today we're going to take a look at a passage. We're going to take a look at Mark chapter 5. Um, and it, I'm excited because it's a, it's a passage I've been um, sitting on for a while, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, as a... As being a part of the teaching team, one of the things that I um, one of the things that I usually do is I usually kind of have a message kind of ready to go, just in the back pocket. Um, I may or may not have gotten a call or two this year from Pastor Matt saying, "Hey, can you speak?" And so I said, "You know what? I'm just going to have something ready to go." And so having this time um, to sit with this message has been a lot of fun um, because I've been able to really dive in and dissect it and just really hear uh, what the Lord would speak to me through it. And so, but it's been fun. And so um, we're going to jump into this thing in a moment, but it's been great to walk through this idea of here and now, uh, because I don't know about you, but um, our world is in a place where we need, to, we need to know that Jesus is here and now, right? Jesus is here with us here and now, and sometimes we forget that, right? Sometimes with, depending on situations and circumstances, life, uh, I know it's exciting because it's summer. Uh, it's a little bit different in our household. It's a different dynamic as maybe for some of you. But now since um, both my wife and I, we kind of work from home, um, our schedules look a little bit different with our kids being home 24-7. Uh, school was a blessing because it gave me an opportunity to miss my kids. And get work done. Um, but even in the midst of the craziness of schedules and summertime and kids want to do things and it's hot, so they want to play outside and it's too hot, they want to come inside, all that. Jesus is here with me now. Am I here and now? Uh, when we're on the highest of highs, we're in the lowest of lows, and everywhere in between, Jesus is here with us here and now. And so what I want to do is I want to take a moment, we're going to jump into Mark chapter 5, so you can turn to your Bibles if you have it, uh, if you have it on your app. Uh, the Bible app, you can turn there, um, Mark chapter 5, we're reading out of the New Living uh, Translation. And uh, I was been bugging Pastor Stu for months, like, I really like those headset mics, right? And I don't know if you were here last week, but you know, Pastor Charlie used one. He broke it. <laughs> I knew, you know, you know, every time you're looking forward to something, you like, you just anticipate, you're just looking forward to it. And then I, in the back of my mind, I knew, I was like, you know what, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. I'm just going to prepare my heart. Jesus, you're going to be here with me now because just in case. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's a stretch. Um, anyway, Mark chapter 5. And we're gonna, uh, I'm going to read a few verses. Um, when I say a few, it's 21. So uh, buckle up. Let's go. I know the teaching team or the, the production team, they see my notes and they always get concerned because I usually bring half the Bible with me when I send in my notes. But anyway, Mark 5, 21. Here we go. It says, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, everybody say Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. 
Please, come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay, uh, to pay them. But she hadn't gotten better. In fact, she got worse. She had heard about Jesus. Somebody say, I heard. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized that once uh, the healing power had gone out of, from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched me? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched you? But he kept on looking around to see who had, uh, who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell at his knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While he was still there speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. Say, don't be afraid. Then Jesus stopped, stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John. When they came to the house of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead, she's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them, he made them all leave, and he, he took the girl the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, um, Talitha Koam, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Would you pray with me? Father, we just thank you so much for who you are. Father, we thank you for that you are a God who heals, that you are a God who restores. We thank you that you are a God who is with us wherever we go. And Lord, over the next few moments, Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be pleasing in your sight. And Holy Spirit, move in this place. Father, speak to each person where they're at, their situation, what's going on in their lives. God, that they would hear from you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One thing we know about Jesus is Jesus had this way of gathering a crowd, right? When we pick up here in Mark chapter five, if we go into chapter four and some of the other verses, we see that Jesus is actually, he draws a crowd everywhere he goes. Uh, it's almost as if there's this reputation about Jesus that something great's gonna happen when he's in the, in the scene. And so really in Mark, he's kind of going, he's, he, all of this ministry is taking place around a lake. And so if you could imagine for me, if you will, like Jesus is at Kulon, right? And the, and the, crowd, the crowds are kind of getting too much. And it's like, all right, guys, let's get in the boat. And so then they head over to Kennedale Beach and they go over to Kennedale Beach and then the, everyone's getting crowded over there. It's like, you guys, this crowd, let's go. And then we have, let's just head over to Seward Park. We'll go to Seward Park. We'll go to that beach. So Jesus is doing this mission around the lake. He's going and everywhere he goes, this crowd is following him everywhere he goes. Jesus had a way of drawing a crowd. And I don't know about you, but I'm somewhat familiar with crowds. Um, if you've been to a Seahawks game, if you've been to a Mariners game, a Sounders game, um, you know, my family, we used to have this tradition. I think I've shared this before, but the day after Thanksgiving, we would go to this parade 
And um, the day after Thanksgiving parade downtown Seattle, it'd be crazy. There'd be a lot of people. It'd be crowded. And um, so we're, we're, we're kind of familiar with crowds. I think the, the craziest crowd we've ever been in, though, um, I don't know what Christine and I were thinking. Um, our, do- our oldest daughter, Mia, was three. Sophie was like 18 months. And we thought it'd be a great idea to take our kids with us to the Super Bowl parade. And so, yeah, yeah, no. So I had my hiking backpack with um, my, my kid in it. And trust me, I didn't hike. It was literally just so we could do stuff like this with our kids. Um, we were hiking. We, we would hike in the, in, in the city, right? And there's no hiking out there. I ain't running into bears. I've seen too many TikToks and reels and all this stuff about crazy bear encounters. Anyway, I have, had my daughter... Uh, Sophie and, and my backpack and the hiking backpack. We had, I think we had a stroller, but it was so crowded. We were, um, we were with some friends and we we're at the light rail station and literally they pushed us on and were like pushing us through and like holding us there until the doors closed. It was that crowd just to get down there. And then I remember there was this one time we were down there, we were waiting and you know, the parade is supposed to start at this time. And obviously like everything else starts not on time. Um, anyway, we have this three-year-old and she's all of a sudden, she's like, mom, I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah, and so we're standing in, we're, and we're like front, you know, we got good views, we're gonna see everything as they come by for the whole, you know, half a, half a minute that they go by, um, we get to see everything. And so I'm like posted, and I'm like, all right, and so Christina takes her, and she, she, she's literally, she's pressing through the crowd, and so when we read this in Mark, this is what I'm thinking, like she's pressing through the crowd, she has her daughter, she's holding her, and she's kind of doing this thing, right? She's moving through the crowd, and she took her to, um, we're not supposed to say anything, but Sephora let them in to use the bathroom, they weren't letting people in, don't tell no one, but anyway, um, and then she made her way back and she was able, and everything was all good and we got to see the parade. But it was a crazy crowd. It was a crazy, crazy crowd. And it's interesting because the reason Jesus would, these crowds would come around is because they would hear about what Jesus is doing. And so my first point for you today, the first thing we wanna to touch on is, is more, rather than a statement in my point, it's a question. What have you heard about Jesus? What have you heard about Jesus because the answer to that question is very important because when we, what we see is when we read in Mark 1, we see that Jesus in the, is in a synagogue and he actually um, he heals somebody in the synagogue who has an unclean spirit. And I don't find it, I, I, I think that there is a correlation here that it's a synagogue leader that comes later in Mark 5 because he heard about what Jesus had done. In Mark 3 and in Mark chapter 6, we read that the crowds would press around Jesus and people would be healed just from touching him or touching the hem of his garment. So this woman who said to herself, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. It's not because she was so creative or she was just trying to do this thing. She didn't get this idea out of nowhere. She had heard about Jesus. And so it's very important what we hear about Jesus, what we Think about Jesus and the things that we say when it comes to Jesus because those things in turn affect our faith. Will we come to God based on what we've heard about Jesus, based off what we know about Jesus? In situations that are dire, when my daughter is dying or I have this condition that I've struggled with all my life, am I gonna go to Jesus with it? What we hear about Jesus is important. And I'll take it a step further, just a little bit. I don't get crazy, just a little bit. But believe it or not, people are listening to you and you're what they hear about Jesus. People are listening to me and, that's, and I'm what they hear about Jesus. And I don't know about you, but for me, that's a very sobering thought. 
Because it's important that we remember that, we realize that, that as Christ followers, like before I'm a pastor, I'm a Christ follower. Before I'm a father, I'm a Christ follower. Before I'm a husband, I'm a Christ follower. I follow Jesus, I've surrendered my life to him, and that is the first and foremost of my duty. That's what I, that's who, becomes who I am, it's what I do. And that ebbs and flows into how I pastor, that ebbs and flows into how I am a husband, the type of father I am, and everything I do. And that goes for all of us. And so it's very important that, um, and I know that uh, we've had a challenging couple of years, right? We've had a challenging couple of years. It's been very challenging in many ways for a lot of people. And I would just like to remind us that it's very important that the way we react and the way we respond to things, that our, we ask ourselves this question, are we responding in a way that Jesus would respond? Right? John 1:14 tells us that Jesus came full of grace and truth. Am I coming full of grace? When people see me, do they see the grace of God in my life? Do they see me extending grace to others as Jesus has extended to me, right? And so again, what have you heard about Jesus? Because it directly affects our faith. It directly affects how we approach God in our lives. The second point is this, uh, Jesus cares for all. Jesus cares for all. So when we look at this, this, uh, this passage of scripture, um, we see in Mark that there's, uh, you know, he juxtaposes two faith stories. And it's kind of a sandwich method, if you will, right? We start off with Jairus and his daughter ask, asking Jesus to come. Then we go into the middle, which is this woman with the issue of blood. And then we end with Jairus' daughter being healed. And so Jesus cares for all. And what I love about this is because you have this religious leader in Jairus, right? He's a respected leader. Um, you know, he's taking care of the temple and all the services, all the things that need to go on there. And contrary to what maybe a lot of people might think, not all religious leaders were hostile towards Jesus. I know a lot of times we read that in the scriptures. We, a lot of times we read when Jesus is rebuking people or he's saying things, um, he's speaking to religious leaders, but not all religious leaders were hostile towards Jesus. And so Jesus cares for all. And then on the flip side, we have this woman and I don't know if you know much about her and, and what life may have been like for her, but life was not easy. She had a condition for 12 years, and the condition she had would cause her to be isolated from everybody else. To be isolated, right? Leviticus 15, Leviticus 15 would, would say that this woman is considered unclean. She's unclean. She can't be with everybody else. And, and Jesus has this compassion, this empathy. And I, I just think like about, I think about this woman because I'm like, for so many years, you're, you're an outcast, you're isolated. You're away from the community, you're away from people. And I don't know about you, but if I, even if I've been away from church for a couple weeks, I start missing everybody, right? Come on, I don't mind going to brunch on a Sunday morning, but I need to get back in church because I miss the people. We need people in our lives. But this woman was isolated because of her condition. And she did everything she could everything she could. She spent all she had and got worse. Some of us in here have done everything we can to fix our situations or to fix something or to make something different. And sometimes it feels like it gets worse. And sometimes we feel like in our striving and everything we do, sometimes it feels like it gets harder, doesn't it? That's what this woman felt like. But for 12 years, 12 years. And what is Jesus, what's Jesus' response where he says this? He says, he says, daughter. Do you understand what that means? Like this woman went from being an outcast. He just, he just now solidified relationship with her. 
So he didn't just heal her of her condition. She didn't just receive healing of her condition, but he brought restoration to her in front of the whole crowd, in front of everybody else. He said, daughter, today your faith has made you well. Jesus cares about all of us. I love that because we all come in here with different things going on in our lives, different, different backgrounds, different situations. Some of us have things that we're stressed about, whether it's work-related, uh, kids, jobs, whatever, whatever it may be, whatever's going on in your life, whatever's going on in your situation, whatever you came in with that's heavy on your heart, Jesus cares for you. He cares about your condition. He cares about your situation. And it's up to us to make sure that we come to Jesus. We don't have to be considered an outcast. That's what I love about our church. We, 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 it says it's all in our name. Church for all. Please come. Come know this Jesus that cares about you. This God that loves you. As Pastor Sue said in worship, he sent his son to die on a cross for us so that we could have a relationship with him. So that we could no longer have that sense of isolation, that separation from God. We can have a relationship with him. And my third point is this. Our fear or our faith must be greater than our fear. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have fears. Um, we don't have anxieties. We don't deal with things like depression. But it's important that we understand that our faith is greater than those things, that Jesus is greater than those things. And, I, and, and please, when you hear me say that, please don't hear me try to diminish what those things are. I'm not trying to diminish what anyone has experienced, but what I am saying is that there is a God who is greater, there is a God who is bigger, because fear is very real. As I read this story with a 12-year-old daughter, I can, it, it's a little easier for me to put myself in Jairus' shoes because I don't know what I would do if I, if I was in that situation where my 12-year-old daughter was dying. I couldn't, I wouldn't know what to do. But our fear has to be, or our faith has to be greater. Some of us have dealt with some, some serious things, you know, with, we've dealt with some anxiety, we've dealt with depression, and we've dealt with some things, we've dealt with loss, we've lost a loved one, right? We've dealt with some big things in our lives. But our faith in Jesus must be greater. Because while those things are very real, while fear is real, anxiety, depression, loss, hurt, rejection, abandonment, all these things are very real, so is Jesus. So is a God, again, who sent his son to die on a cross so that we could have a relationship with him. And that's where we put our faith. That's where our faith lies in. It's not so much that my faith is, is greater than my fear, but my, I, I'm putting my trust and my know in Jesus that he is greater than everything else and that he's gonna walk alongside me because Jesus is here with us here and now. In your here and now, in your highest of highs and your lowest of lows, Jesus is here with us. And I don't know about you, but in my, in, in my life, there have been times where, um, yeah, I know Jesus is with me. Right, there's, there's a, there's, a, there's like a head knowledge, like, yeah, I've read the verses. I've read the Bible. Yeah, that's what the pastor says. I've read them. But there's a difference between like knowing, yeah. right? And sometimes we have to get from our head to our heart. And so a couple things to, to do to help us. Um, one is this, uh, Romans 10, 17 tells us this. It says that faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. Right, we're getting ready to jump into a Psalms this next, over the next couple months. We're gonna have a Bible reading plan um, that we're gonna give out to everybody. Just something to follow along with. But can I tell you that one of the greatest things that has helped me in my life and helps build my faith has been the Bible. It's been the word of God. It's being able to look at it, to read it, and to know that God speaks to me. Again, we talk about this a lot here, that um, you know, the Bible says that, that the word of God never changes. What changes is us, our situations, our circumstances. So we view it from a bit of a different lens. And so I would encourage you, whether it's in the Bible app, whether you have an actual physical Bible, um, if, you, if you have a hard time, you're like, oh, I can't read it, listen to it. Again, faith comes by hearing. When I read the Bible, I will read it out loud so I can hear what it's saying. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I read Bible, or I can read anything. I kind of, my eyes get glossy and I'm like, usually like reading words. One of the things I have my kids doing this summer, um, they love me for it, um, but they all have like to do like 15, 20 minutes of reading and then they do a reading summary. I'm like, you guys aren't gonna lose your stuff over the summer. And, um, and so my, my son, he's learning how to do summaries and so he's like, I don't know how to do it. And so he's like, but I read. I'm like, well, what did it say? I don't know, but I read. Sometimes that's how it is when we read our Bible. Like, what did it say? I don't know, but I read it. I checked the box. I did my 15 minutes of reading my Bible. But then I got on to the rest of my day. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it's okay. Uh, if I have the worship team come up, it's okay to have fears. You know, there's a story in Mark. It's Mark chapter nine. It's another father. And I'll summarize it for you, but this Mark chapter nine, this father has a son and he's tormented by the spirit and he just convulses him. And, uh, this, it, it, and these convulsions, they'll usually throw, like they throw him into a fire. They throw him into the water. Basically, they're trying to kill him. And he goes to him and he's like, he says to Jesus, if you're willing, can you heal my son? If you're able to. And this is where Jesus says, it says in Mark 9, 20, he says, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to them who believe. And so are we believing but my favorite part, my favorite, my favorite passage, my favorite, one of my favorite verses that I love, again, this is for me, it's Mark 9, 24. And it's because um, having grown up in a church where faith was so heavy and uh, doubt was so like looked frowned upon, I didn't know what to do with that. But when I read this verse, it says, the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And that's the tension we live in a lot of times when we're trying to believe God for things. When we're struggling, we're going through life. God, I wanna believe. Help me with my unbelief. Help me with my unbelief. And so I wanna take a few moments. Would you all stand with me? I wanna pray for us today as we close this out. Because just like Jesus is here and now, when you wake up tomorrow, Jesus will be there and then too. And so I, if, if you're here this morning and if you're online, you can let us know too. But if, there, if you're just going through something and you, you want some prayer, would you just lift your hand? I'm not gonna call anybody up. Just, I just wanna agree with you in prayer that God would meet you where you're at. If you're going through some things, we just wanna pray with you. Just wanna take a moment to pray with you. Father, we just come to you right now in the name of Jesus. God, I ask you to move in this place. Father, for those who have their hands raised, God, I pray you would move on their behalf. 
Father, that you would give them the answers that they need. You'd bring the peace that they need. You'd give them the strength that they need. Father, they would find their hope in you. God, when it seems hopeless, that they would find hope in you. Father, move in this place. Move in the hearts of your people. God, we're so grateful and so thankful for who you are. We're so grateful and so thankful for what you've done. God, what you're continuing to do. And God, what you will do. And so God, as we, we kind of wrap up here, we thank you, Lord, for being the, the God of here and now. But we also thank you, God, to know that you're going to be the God of there and then too. That you're with us wherever we go. You hold the future in your hands. You know all things from beginning to the end. And so, Jesus, we love you. We look to you. In Jesus' name, amen.